Hey, good morning. Good morning. I am LaShondra Graves, your apartment lady, founder of the Apartment Housing Rentals Foundation. So I do have some um, eviction news, but I just want to uh, get right into prayer. I know this. <laughs> I've been going um, 30 minutes and the whole thing was I want to shorten it and let's do this in 15 minutes so that um, people can go on with their day. I'm so excited. I'm still just praising God for everything that he's doing. Apartment Housing Rentals Foundation got a couple wins. That's a good thing. Uh, we prevented a couple evictions um, in Wisconsin. That's a good thing. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I also want to thank all of the people that have been reaching out in support of what's going on or these prayers. We are on day 55. And like I said, I'll be doing this every morning until I won't. Um, I, so I'll get right into the eviction news. One story is coming from um, Indiana. And the other one is coming from Texas. Okay, so this is Lake County, um, Indiana, the sheriff's um, issue, a holiday eviction moratorium. So you have to understand, um, Indiana is one of the states that get cold. This is a northern state and it gets cold. Now, in Illinois, they also have a winter moratorium um, that happens around the same time. But um, eviction in Lake County will begin once again um, eviction in Lake County will once again be paused around the holidays. Lake County Sheriff Officer, I mean, Lake County Sheriff Oscar Martinez Jr. issued a holiday eviction moratorium, which is effective December 5th through January 9th, according to a, a release from CMDR Leslie Smith of the Lake County Sheriff Department. 
civil division. The sheriff department will continue to serve and post eviction notices per Lake County court order during the moratoriums, but officers will not physically evict anyone. Um, the last day officers will assist in evictions would be December 2nd. So when they say the last day that the officers will assist in evictions, um, the, the landlords cannot evict a person. The sheriff has to actually uh, be there to evict a person. But like I was saying, Indiana is one of the northern states where it gets really cold. So them offering this eviction moratorium between December 5th and January 9th, it's not uncommon um, to me because I'm in Illinois. And in Illinois, they have a winter moratorium that is through the same period. Um, theirs is about December 14th through January, the first week of January, but I don't quote me on that. However, they have that, they, Illinois has a winter moratorium that they've had it forever. Well, they've had it since I've been doing uh, these evictions, since I've been doing eviction prevention. And that's, I noticed it in um, 2014. Okay, the next story. The next story is coming from Texas. Amen. I'm going to put this message up because it's awesome. Um, Tony Camaro, thank you so much as you speak. So it is you create. Amen. As you speak, so it is you create. And I see blessings coming out of you continuously. Thank you. I'm so, thank you, thank you, thank you. Those comments, they strengthen me. Thank you. So then the next one, the next story is from Texas. Okay. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm actually going to put the link to this story in the comments so that you can go through it yourself. Um, Dallas City, City Council shortens time landlords need to evict tenants. A temporary ordinance, ordinance replaced COVID-related rules require landlords to give 10-day notice and tenants to apply for rent release. The Dallas City Council voted Wednesday to replace the city's COVID-related eviction ordinance with a, sim a similar but temporary one that still provides renters protection while shortening the times landlords must wait to evict. The, the current ordinance was tied to the impact of COVID-19, which reform advocates say is hard to prove now. The new temporary ordinance is tied generally to falling behind on rent because of an unforeseen economic hardship and proof that a tenant is seeking rental assistance. The city council member, Jane Schultz, Schultz clarified at the meeting Wednesday that this temporary ordinance end date is reliant upon the approval of a permanent ordinance. So they aren't so they so there wouldn't be a gap period if the ordinance expires. 
The reason I push so hard on not having a date certain is because I want the fire to be under our shoes rather than someone else's to be on us, she said. A draft of the, the permanent eviction ordinance will be presented to the Housing and Homelessness Committee, which will meet next Tuesday and could come before the council for a vote in December, according to the assistant city manager, Liz Pereira. Okay, so the new rule will require landlords to give a 10-day notice of a proposed eviction. Tenants won't have to prove a COVID-related burden, but instead they must show why they've applied for rental assistance to extend their eviction protections for 60 days. Okay, so as you see, Yes, it says landlords, um, Dallas City Council shortens the time that landlords need to evict. But what we just read, um, I think the headline was kind of off because what we just read was, okay, yes, the landlords has to get a 10-day notice. So maybe they should have put, maybe the landlords were getting 20-day notices. I don't know. So now the landlords have to give a 10-day notice to evict. However, um, the tenants, they don't have to, um, rely on COVID-related issues as uh, the reason why they couldn't pay rent. They can uh, do, it's almost like an economic hardship or um, they can do a hardship um, relief. And that relief can extend their eviction protections for 60 days. So, I mean, bottom line, you guys, Everybody, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that everybody is figuring out like, okay, this, this won't work. It won't work because of the, the economy. It won't work. So I had, um, I had a close friend. I put a post up because I put a post up on my personal Facebook page. Mind you, personal. So I'm letting you guys know it's my personal Facebook page. I put a post up on my personal Facebook page. And I was just um, shocked that when I talked to a young lady from Wisconsin, uh, one of the members from Wisconsin, she, you know, when they, when people get, when the eviction is filed in court, the attorneys, they know right away. So they start sending you out mails. It's almost like Amalam's chasers. They started sending you out mail. Um, letting you know that, okay, you're, you're going to be evicted. You need, you know, representation. Well, most times that may come out before you even get served. So your first time knowing that you're evicted is through that mail that comes out from the attorneys. So this young lady, she decided to work with one of the attorneys. It was a legal aid attorney, she said, um, pro bono. And the attorney advised her to leave the property, to leave the property before, um, before the case, the case even started to leave the property. Okay, so she did that. Of course, she became homeless. Um, and she's now, you know, seeking a second chance rental from a property housing rentals foundation. But everything that, everything. Um, this is a phone call that I actually took 
when she was explaining, you know, what was going on, I'm like, well, now she's sitting here without no protections because she already left the unit. So I'm trying to explain to her what's, you know, what just happened, but obviously she hasn't taken our tennis rights class yet. So she needs to go through that program in order to understand what I was seeing. So the problem here is, so, okay, let's go back to it. So I put that situation, not the situation itself, but I, I put a post <clears throat> on my Facebook page. I, I said, you know, the attorneys are telling the tenants to move even before the court date. I'm like, wow, who, which attorney, um, who is the attorney defending? One of my friends, uh, I'm talking about childhood friends. She, you know, she commented that one of her best friends or one of her close friends has a building and has tenants that have not been paying the rent for a year. And she said, those tenants are horrible. They don't have, they don't have the right to stand people, properties and so forth. I did respond. I let her know that um, the eviction moratoriums then end, ended a couple months ago. So basically the federal government is responsible for those tenants not paying the rent for at least nine of those months. So I was explaining that to her. But then I explained to her that Apartment Housing Rentals Foundation, we are a 501c3 organization. Um, we, we mediate the situation because we get it. You know, our second chance rental program is what put us on the map. That's what made, that's what allowed us to go national even in 2016. And we have been doing it since 2014. Um and with the second chance rental, we have to work with the landlords. See, Apartment Housing Renters Foundation work with working class, working class renters. We've never did um, subsidies. We've never did subsidies. We work with working class renters. And so what we do is we take the renters, we teach them, we give them the tools that they need to become better renters because people don't know about their tenants' rights. When you get your first apartment, nobody tell you, before you sign that lease, you better learn your tenants' rights. Nobody tell you that, right? And so we assess their situation and then we pull out things that where we can help them become a better tenant. The, the tenants' rights class for every state, that's one of our staple classes. That's the first thing. Everybody has to go through that, whether they're getting into the eviction prevention program or the second chance rental program. They have to get into that. They have to do the tenants' rights class. But then we do, you know, budgeting, financial literacy, um, counseling sessions. We do those things in order to get the tenant um, thinking on a path to being a responsible tenant, right? So I was explaining to her, like, the federal government told your friend, I mean, told the tenants not to pay rent. So then I was also explaining to her that, yes, and, and I'm saying this now, yes, once those eviction moratoriums was over, okay, our members, they paid their rent. They paid their rent through the eviction moratorium because I was telling everybody, not only our members, but everybody, at least pay 40% of your rent. Because when this eviction moratorium is over, 
you're going to be screwed. At least pay 40% of your rent. And people didn't want to do that. They had people have um, petitions out there talking about no rent, no rent. Obviously, those petitions got hundreds of thousands of people signing up. I have petitions out there saying, pay 40% of your rent, pay 40% of your rent. We only got about four or 5,000 to sign up because people wanted that free, that free, you know, but free is not always free. I always tell my members free. There's no such thing as free. There's always strings attached to free. So, and if it is free, it, I mean, you know, it has dwindled down to, you're not only a bottom feeder, you're a six feet under feeder, <laughs> you know, free is not free. So that being said, those renters should have been preparing to pay their rent. So I'm not, I'm not biased uh, toward the tenants. You know, I'm not favoring the tenants. I'm not favoring the landlords. I think that there needs to be an equitable solution. I know that if millions of families are put out and we're just coming back from, we're trying to get the economy back rolling after this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, if people are put out and they're not, they're already not working, who's going to work? How are we going to see the economy come back to life? if everybody is homeless. And you have to understand, um, evictions, they were always an issue. That was one of the problems that the COVID-19 made rise to the surface. They were always an issue. Um, there were roughly about two to eight million evictions filed in the United States every year. Renters make up 37% of the United States, you guys, 37%. So the rental industry, that is a huge industry. I'm shocked it doesn't have its own next code or six code. I was like, wow. But, um, you know, it was reported that the rental industry poured in $4.3 trillion in one year. I actually have the numbers. This was a report that I did. I actually have the numbers. This was a report that I did uh, pre-pandemic. Um, and I was getting all the information from uh, workforce development, uh, the census guru. What is this? The Pure Institute. I didn't think that I would be bringing this up because if I did, I would have already had that page. I would have already had that page sectioned off. But you know, this was this was this information is coming from one of the reports where in the middle of the night I couldn't sleep and I just decided got up and then and started um trying to figure out how much the rental industry is worth. And you know, so that we can come up with an equitable way 
to prevent eviction. So basically, I did this. I came up with this um, information, and I could have just poured it up, but I wanted the raw information from me. Um, and yes, here it is. $4.3 trillion, and that was just in one year. So the rental industry, well, the rental, housing rental, is it's huge, you guys. I mean, it's it's really big, right? So uh, moving forward, this is why uh, I've been praying against eviction. I can't find it. This is this book is not big and I can't find it, so I'm not gonna worry about it because my time is running, winding down. Um, so then three point something trillion dollars, I mean four 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 trillion dollars in one year, that's a lot. That's a lot, but that's the buying power, that's the spending power of um a country, I mean of an industry, because it's not an industry, but of an industry that makes up 37% of a country. So the renters, you guys, um, you're going to have to start working. I don't care if you have to work two jobs. You got to start working. As I've been telling you guys before, you know, I've been putting out these videos on, on TikTok. I'm not even a TikToker. I'm having so much fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm having so much fun. I've been singing all the time, <laughs> just trying to figure out, you know, how to reach the people because I'm trying to meet people, meet the renters where they where. They are. I mean, that story I just said about the young lady in Wisconsin, where the attorney told her to relinquish the place before the court date even started, and that pretty much made her homeless, you know, um, living from place to place. Now, let me get back to that. Of course, the landlord wants possession of that property back, because if you have to pay rent, of course, of course, and they deserve possession of their property. But the thing is, to voluntarily make yourself homeless. That's just like not paying a car note and then you do a voluntary um, repo, it's still going to show up the same on your credit report, whether it was voluntary or not. As a matter of fact, on your credit report, there is no no section where it says it was voluntary. Now, now you guys just hear me out. So I'm not saying, you know, keep people's properties or anything like that. I'm saying secure um, a stable place, you know, work out with the landlords. Okay, give me some time to move, go find some rental assistance. Like even in Dallas, the Dallas was Dallas, they said it. Um, if the tenant, but once the landlord filed that eviction on the tenant, then it's up to the tenant to go and find some rental, some rental assistance. Don't get me wrong, rental assistance, was was around way before um, COVID nineteen. There are several huge organizations that get you know two to five million dollar uh, grants for rental assistance. So it was already out. It was people were already doing rental assistance. I know the COVID nineteen pandemic. Yeah, I mean if somebody's on you know twenty thousand dollar back rent. Yeah, no the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, is has made the need for rental assistance greater. But I'm going to say it again. It's about mediation. You're going to have to mediate this. If if the tenant owes about $20,000 pandemic, you know, uh, during the pandemic and arrears, 
go to come to that table with the landlord and mediate something. Come to the table with the landlord and the tenant and let's do a mediation and tell the tenant, okay, we're going to cover, you know, this amount that we this uh, that we negotiated with the landlord, but then you need to go get a job. You need to go get a job. I get it. Child care is an issue, but I have grandchildren. I have I have um, four grandbabies, and my daughter just had a baby like three months ago. She went right back to work. She found a child care provider for her three month two month old baby and her two year old. She found a child care provider and, and the jobs. Are you kidding me? She had job offers all over the place. She ended up working for a school, a public school. And so because I have a, a daughter with children in the same, you know, it's time for you to work renters. All right. And it's time for me to pray. How about that? time for the renters to work. It's time for you to go get a job. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. It's time for you to go get a job. So when I tell you or when I keep you in an apartment for another month, because now I'm preventing the landlords from getting their property back, it's not for you to just lay up. It's not for you to just twiddle your thumbs. It's not for you to just party. It's for you to get your weight up. Go get you a job. Okay, here it is. I said, I was talking about 30 minutes and now it is <laughs> uh, 8.26. All right, let me, I do have my scripture and I'm gonna go with that scripture uh, for today because it was awesome. Um, I read it earlier. It, it's coming from Psalm 34, verse 4 and 5, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. I looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. So I, my, in my um, description, let me see, let me just make sure. I do this because when I go off the live, that's it. So I just want to put that story in the comments. In my description, I put the verse, uh, Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. Yes. Sign to lift God up. Um, he said, if you lift me up, I will lift you up. Renters, it's, it's time to get to work. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now with praise and thanksgiving, saying thank you for your grace, mercy, love, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, power, provision, discernment, comfort, healing, in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, before I come before your throne, I ask that you forgive my sins and the sins of the souls that's under the sound of my voice, even up until this very second. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive them of their sins and heal the land. I get it, Father. I get it. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you for the resources that you're pouring down already. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for discernment, Father. Thank you for the increase in wisdom and knowledge, Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm asking you to give them eyes. He that have eyes, let them see, Father, in the name of Jesus. But, Father, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, I'm asking you to put into the renter's eyes that it's time to go to work. Put into the, I say eyes. <laughs> put into their hearts, it's time to go to work. It's time to go to work, Father. In the name of Jesus, it's time to spur that economy back, Father. In the name of Jesus, what you showed me yesterday during these prayers, yes, it brought me to tears. I mean, like water faucet tears. But it also allowed me to see what needs to happen. In the name of Jesus, it allowed me to see how to influence. It allowed me to know how to influence the, the renters into spurring the economy back and preventing themselves from being homeless in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, that's why I'm asking you to tell the renters it's time to go back to work. The COVID-19 protections are over. It's time to go back to work. We were not, it, the COVID-19 pandemic, whether people are getting COVID-19 still because they are, new variants are coming out, they are, but that's over. That's over. It's time for you to start taking care of your business. Put it into their heart, Father, that it's time for them to go back to work. It's time for them to go back to work. I know, Father, that you're a God, you, you know, you need to walk toward the blessing. Even when um, Peter walked on the water, he walked on the water. Jesus told Peter to come to him to exhibit his faith. And he walked on the water. I mean, he started walking toward Jesus. It's time to do activated faith, Father, in the name of Jesus. And activated faith means you have to walk toward the situation. In the name of Jesus, Father. Father, put it into their heart. Give them another measure of faith in the name of Jesus. Let them know that if they confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in their heart that he died for their sins and start praying and seeking you and start walking toward it, they can get out of this shelter in the name of Jesus. Father, you're the one to give the increase of these seeds that I'm planting, Father. I'm asking for to you. I'm asking you to increase those seeds, Father, in the name of Jesus. Because it's time to go back to work. It's time to go back to work. In the name of Jesus, it's time to go back to work. In the name of Jesus, it's time to be exposed to your laws as a renter. Tell them, Father, in the name of Jesus, you need to know what you're doing. You need to know how to become a renter. In the name of Jesus, Father, let them know that this is a business situation. This is a business situation that when they go into a lease, it's a business. It's a contract, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let them know that. Father, let the federal, state, and local governments know that we need to find a way to mediate whatever, pay the landlords, Father, in the name of Jesus, and then come to the table and, and try to figure out, you know, 
um, what type of contract or what type of rules that they can put on um, on on these payments, Father, in the name of Jesus, so that the tenants can get that burden off their back, but start to work and that burden lifted, Father, well, should allow them that peace they need to start back working, Father, in the name of Jesus. It's time to get back to work. It's time to get back to work. Father, I'm I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm thanking you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for knowledge in the name of Jesus. Thank you for protection. I've been asking you to put a hedge of protection around this situation. In the name of Jesus, thank you for protection. Thank you for insight, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for dreams and visions, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for just being you. You said that we lift you up, you will lift us up. In the name of Jesus. You said you inhabit the praises of your people. Hallelujah, Father. I praise your holy name. You are Alpha and Omega. I know that everything you do is good in the name of Jesus. You said that everything you made is good, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I know that you have my best. You have my best at hand. And so I don't care. Even though you slay me, they say, though you slay me yet, will I trust you, Father, in the name of Jesus. So I trust everything that I'm seeing. I trust everything that you put in my heart and my spirit to do and say to the people. And so I'm so grateful for that insight from yesterday so that I know how to influence the ranters to get on a path of sustainability and self-sufficiency, Father, in the mighty, magnificent name of Jesus. So I, I Father, I just want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Continue, Father, giving the renders the capacity to accept the information that I'm giving them. Continue to give them eyes so they can see the resources, Father, in the name of Jesus. Continue to give them ears so they can hear these prayers and hear me say, if you have turned your back on the Lord and you're seeking light, all you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that he died for your sins and be adopted into the family, be given that Holy Spirit, and then be given the, the um, I want to say, directions to start using that Holy Spirit. And, and the main directions is study to show yourself approved. Diligently seek the Lord by reading his word so that you can know the promises. Faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountain and the just shall live by faith, but yet it is impossible to please God without faith. And every man was given a measure of faith, but the glory of God will be revealed and is revealed from level to level, faith to faith, which means every man's measure of faith can be increased. And that's what I'm praying for, Father. I'm praying for an increase in faith. I love you. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I'm so grateful. Denise Campbell, this is another uh, one of my uh, childhood uh, friends that been knowing me for, I'm not going to say no ages, just say a long time. <laughs> 
Good morning. Good morning, Denise. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, these comments, they really strengthen me. So thank you. You guys, I'll be back tomorrow, uh, 8 a.m. And today, get your coffee. Let's go. We're going to talk about these evictions and we're going to talk about um, what needs to be done moving forward to get us out. Well, I already spoke that the eviction crisis is over. What 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 we need to do to spur this economy um, and prevent a lot of families from being unsheltered. All right. I'm LaShondra Grace, the apartment lady. And I'm out.